Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Pack filler. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, home to every bad or dumbass who's ever straddled a top tube. You can be a part of the show on Facebook, Twitter, or dumb old email at info at packfiller.com. Listen while working, training, or just sitting and sipping a cold one. And now your hosts, Pat Bulger and Mark Hodgson. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Pack Filler Podcast, and this is also a co-episode of A Cyclist Take. Why? Because we are able to get an interview. We're able to speak with somebody and find out their take on specific aspects. This, of course, being the episode talking about what is plaguing our sport right now. But it's also an episode to talk about some pretty cool things in the sport, what are I refer to as the golden days of the sport and where we are headed and appreciate some of those things. On the show today, Olympic gold medalist Alexi Graywall. All I can say is get ready. This is a fun interview. The guy has some very, very insightful thoughts and and philosophies on the sport and and what has happened and where we're going. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my word hole and give you Alexi Graywall. Right, he's known for his uh, his incredible original style, multiple career victories, and one victory at the 1984 Olympic Road Race. He competed for multiple U.S. and European teams, including Panasonic, 7-Eleven, Coors Light, many others, and in 2004, elected to the U.S. Bicycling Hall of Fame. I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Alexi Graywall. Welcome, Alexi. Uh, welcome, Paul. Thank you. Hey, uh, man, you know, nice I, to be on. Absolutely. You know, I just want to get straight to it. Let's start with your career. You know, um, I what an incredible thing you did. And I, I always refer to the 80s and the early 90s as kind of like the golden age of, of U.S. cycling. And um, how would, first of all, let's talk about your career. How, how would you describe the sport during the 80s and 90s? What do you think were your career highlights? And Well, you know, I mean, 
I'm thankful I had the wins that I did. I didn't accomplish really the things I wanted to, which was, you know, to be a a bona fide tour rider and a classic rider. So I never got to where I wanted to get, but, you know, um, I did get to uh, rub shoulders with a lot of people who did. You, you you mentioned not riding the tour, not riding classics. Were there specific races you kind of envisioned? Uh, you know, obviously the tour, was there something that you really looked forward to when you were after? Well, especially you know, I wanted to be able to ride in the front group in the tour and in the, you know, pretty tour races. And, you know, I would have loved to ridden in the front group in some of the classics, Liege, Boston, Liege, and things like that. But, you know, so... I was disappointed at the end of my career with, with where I ended up, but that's life. Do you equate that to anything? I mean, is there is there what? something that you, in terms of your career, you know, saying, gosh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hanging it up, and there was a couple things I wish I would have done. Is there something you look back upon and gone, man, I wish I, could, I would have had the opportunity to do this or, or something? Well, like I've had opportunities, but having opportunities and converting them is two different things. So I had my opportunities, and I didn't. I didn't succeed, so you know that—that's just the way it goes. Wow, you're honest with yourself, and that's kind of cool. Well, talk about the Olympic gold. You know, is that would you consider that the your major career highlight? Were there other moments? Was there things that really? Um, you know, there are other races that I was as good or better at in physically, but it was probably my uh, wiliest race you know under the most pressure so yeah i you know i rode a good race at an important time and that's what the olympics are all about yeah was that that actual sprint there you know not to kind of live on that moment but you know i remember watching it myself going oh crap we're in trouble because steve's a better sprinter um, we're in deep trouble did was there something rushing through your mind at that moment you're going oh crap well you know i you never know how you're going to end up but i was a good sprinter um, when I was in a, a, a long race and it was down to a few guys, I very seldom got beaten. So um, it, it was all right. You know, it was a good sprint. Yeah. He's made a, one, one or two mistakes, and that's all it took. Okay. Were there any other career highlight moments? I mean, I remember I, you're going to have to help me out if it was Morrill Bismarck when you actually dismounted and carried the bike across. Well, Were there I any other? Next, I mean, my personal highlight was um, – Competing against Indurain in the, in the Tour Love in 1987 um, yeah. or six, that was, you know, that was the zenith of my physical career, right in right in that area. You know, to, so well, those were my favorite. That was probably my favorite race where I was at the highest level I ever got, you know, overall. But um, you know, I rode a lot of races that, you know, Tour Chile twice. That was a great race and. You know, I had a lot of great experiences, traveled a lot. It was, you know, um, it was fun at the time, definitely. <laughs> now, how how do you, in your opinion, how do you see the sport has changed? What things have happened since since your career and, and what, what you see happening now? I mean, we we're, we're obviously can't avoid the... You know the controversy that's going on in the sport right now. What do you what do you think has changed, and and, and has it changed for the better, in your opinion? Uh, I think it's changing for the better, so to speak. But you know, doping was endemic in in my era, and 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 it's always been a part of elite sport, not just cycling. So, but there's been some recently, and you know, obviously. Um, I think they're good ones. 
the sport itself, you know, the bike has two wheels and pedals, and it, it hasn't changed very, if at all, really. But um, still takes the same quality well. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy that the races is, are going to be cleaner. I think that's good for everybody. I think the sport needs to um, deal with, you know, developing a better grassroots system, things like that. But, you know, so much has changed, and yet so much is still exactly the same. Like for for example, what do you what do you think is still changing this and staying the same? Do you think that the sport is cleaning itself up, or we just find another ways to mask it? Um, I think there'll always be a an element of um, you know trying to beat the clock, so to speak, by using different substances and different training techniques. And you may never eliminate that, but cycling definitely is leading the way in terms of its anti-doping policy and testing procedures. There's no other sport that's even close. So in a lot of ways right now, cycling, even though it's being um, criticized a lot, um, it's leading the way in in world sport as far as anti-doping, you know, activity. So cycling's done a really good job it's done a lot for all the other sports do you think it's being uh scrutinized pretty unfairly do you think that 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 the bullseye is currently on cycling and and other sports are kind of getting away with it um i'm sure other sports are getting away with it more than in cycling for sure absolutely you know but i think that we should appreciate that scrutiny because it um, gives visibility to the sport. You know, we're responding to that criticism and, you know, about as uh, active a way as we can, given that, you know, kind of uh, archaic structure of cycling, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, and life in, in sport is political, so there's obviously times where, you know, things are swept under the table and yeah. all that stuff. But the criticism is only good for the sport, period. Cool. You know, and I mean, the things going on with Lance and all that, it's only good for the sport. Now we talk, uh, I kind of talk on my show regularly about juniors and about, you know, you've, you've talked about the grassroots and some of the kids involved. How does a kid look at this? I mean, what do you think? Does a kid look at this and say, oh, wow, you know, this is a a great sport. I look up to it. Is this something that a kid's going to look up to and say, well, no, they're all, you know, they're all going bad ways. It's something that's, that's tainted. Well, I mean, I think that, that, you know, in five years, I don't think that that shadow is going to be cast so largely over the sport. Lance will have moved on um, to whatever else he's going to do next. It's not going to be athletics. You know? yeah. <laughs> he'll have to grow up like the rest of us. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, he, and he'll be probably be a huge benefactor to, you know, to people for the sport. And, and who knows? I think he'd be a great politician. Um he certainly is a hard-nosed son of a bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's fine. And and then I think, you know, a new a new generation can come in and the sport will have, um, you know, sort of outgrown certain things in the past. I, it doesn't mean I don't think that people are still not going to try to dope because doping works. So. Yeah. But um, that's just, you know, 
part of the game, but you know, I think the sport's going to move on. But the issue with cycling is is the cost. You know, you can't you can't get a bunch of kids to try the sport because you know even a kind of a mid level racing setup by the time you get all your equipment's a thousand bucks. Yeah, and that's you know that's more than I can afford. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not more than I can afford. I did buy my son a bike, you know, you know, even a used bike, 750 bucks, and then you got to buy shoes, and then you're going to races, you know, the travel expenses and all that. So there needs to be a system in place where single-speed races, grass track, the school owns the bikes, and anyone can track. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I... that would be what we need, you know, in order to get a, to grow the sport, you know, you need to grow the base of the sport, not just the elite. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that sounds like a, I'm a Democrat, but I'm not, I'm a Republican. <laughs> you know, no, that's funny. You know, because, but, yeah, I agree though. I mean, it seems like that we've got these great, great fundings going to a lot of these elite races, but um, there's still a lack of, of ability to get. I mean, I don't even know if I can blame the bike manufacturers, but it, you know, there are there are very few affordable road bikes that kids can get on, and and, and that's depressing. Yeah, bikes are expensive. The sport is yeah. expensive. So yeah. to, to make to build a program to make a lot of kids have an opportunity to try it. At, at a on an even playing field as far as equipment and, and this, and then you're going to get guys and girls both coming out of um, something like that and deciding to move on to a, you know, a more serious or make more of an investment in the equipment and yeah. and you'd get a larger group of people doing it. But yeah, you, you know, know I don't mean maybe to... lasting from that. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I don't mean to keep coming coming back to drugs, but the, you know, in in two thousand eight, you you wrote a pretty impressive essay, I have to say, for Vela News about the about the use of drugs and about some of your experience. And I mean, I I don't want to pressure you, but I mean, is there? Do you have any comments on on your career? Some of the things you might have felt forced to do, and and you know, the I benefits. never was forced to do anything. Yeah, I chose to do the things I did. Um, you know. And the time where I had the times where I had the real pressure was uh, under Panasonic and Peter Post, you know, to do the doctors, you know, to follow this one year's regimen. And I said no because I was afraid to death of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was gonna, you know, I didn't want to look like Zoltamilk when I was 45. You know, yeah. look like 60. So I was <laughs> afraid of the institutionalized doping regimen in my day and didn't do it. But I chose to do some other things at certain times, and that's, you know, that's the way the ball bounces. But, yeah. um, you know, the doping thing is, like I said, to me, in one sense, it's just, it's the way it was. You know, yeah. didn't do anything any different. Else, he just did it better than everybody. You talked about Peter Post, and you talked about some of those, you know, being intimidated by that. I can only imagine the pressure of what that had to have been. It, it just to be in one of those programs, something as successful and high. I mean, in Peter Post program, the Swanier came in in the morning with your syringe, and I mean, the guy, everyone, uh, everyone, no questions asked, just shot it up themselves. They didn't even know what was in it. Wow. So that's how 
you know, and this one here I think was pretty good. You know, he would see you tired. He'd put some kind of hormone in there, whatever they were using in that era, testosterone or who knows what, some anabolic thing. You know, they knew how to do it. But there were no questions asked. You just got your pills and, and your syringes in the morning, and everyone pulled out their own, you know, rubber band, and in their arm it went, you know, and everyone. Wow. It's just what it was. And when I raced in Belgium, there was pressure to, you know, to, from your supporters and from people that you would see, you know, to, to take you know, they they critique you. Yo, you don't have enough power. You need Decadrablin. Wow. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck is Rablin? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was... Is, is that a girl? <laughs> <laughs> Bring her in. <laughs> you know, so it was just there, and it was prevalent. And, I mean, I, I was afraid of a lot of it. And, you know, so I, I chose to use the stuff that... Yeah. You know, ephedrine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know what it is. It's not going to kill me. <laughs> uh, or I hope not. <laughs> oh, wow. No, man. But, you know, I I didn't, I wasn't in the place that some of these guys are in the Tour de France and team leader and being able to make a lot of money. When I when I didn't cut the mustard in, in the three tries that I had, there was no reason to dope in the United States. I could beat everyone, even the guys who were doping most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't I didn't feel a need to, and I didn't see any reason to, you know, to, to really, you know, we all knew that you could get a little bit of testosterone, just put a patch on it. You'd be training, you know, on Monday when everyone else was racing, you know, resting, yeah. and you'd be stronger. I mean, Stephen Speaks was, and, and Doug Shapiro was, you know, and they were like, man, you guys are, you guys got the form, you know? Yeah. And they could just train a little harder, and they were a little stronger you know, than they had been in, in the past. They weren't they weren't overall better, but when they were on, they were just, you know, their average level yeah. was better. Yeah. Now, yeah. were there... Um, go ahead. Were there good or were there bad days still? I mean, I, I live in Spokane, Washington. I remember, you know, seeing you here on a constant basis. And, you know, I remember, you know, were there days that you were, you just felt great? Were there days, that, you know, I guess sure, it was... there like, were yeah. days when, when I had the good good legs and the good form, you know, I was a lot, 10 times better than when I sucked. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I went through a lot of races that no one knows about because I got my clock clean, (laughs) you know, and so I didn't ride that well in all the races, but certain events suited me and I'd come into form during certain parts of the year and I'd do pretty well. But, you know, um, there were a lot of ups and downs. And there's ups and downs for guys that are using EPO too. They're not machines every week. No. Yeah. You know, they go up and down and doping doesn't really change the, you know, it doesn't change the, the size of your motor or your natural talent. It just makes it run a little hotter. Yeah. You know, and so the guys that are, you know, blood doping are just a little faster. There's still, you can take the stuff out of their system, it's still going to kick your ass. Yeah, you, you know, and that was the thing. Phil Liggett was on the air recently saying that you can't make a donkey into a racehorse just by injecting EPO. In. Yeah, Phil said that, but, you know, it's time for Phil to freaking retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great, Phil, and we love you, but shit, you know, we needed this. Cycling needs this 
whole Lance Armstrong thing. It's going to be good for the sport. It's going to be good for Lance. Fuck. You think so? You, know? you think so in the long run oh, he's going to come out okay? No, but I mean, how's he going to hurt him? <laughs> you know, he's a genuine hero. He always will be. You know, and I think it's time for him to move on. This is going to make him move on. And so it's no big deal to him, I don't think. You know, and he knows what he did, and everyone else knows what he did. And like I said, he just, he was organized, and he was, he wanted to win. Yeah. And, and none of the guys on his team died from doping, and I can name a bunch of guys that did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh... you know, so, uh, so however it works out, it's not going to be bad for, for the sport, and, you know, it, it'll come out on the other side, and I think the sport will be a leader in, in, in clean sport, and that's really uh, an oxymoron because cycling is probably the sport where doping is the most effective. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the most you prominent. Know? I mean, right now, I guess, because we're under this microscope. Yeah, you know, I mean, but in terms of any other sport, the only sport that everything is, um, you know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a curve to it. You know, the faster you go, the harder it is to go any faster. So if you take a, all of a sudden you have an edge. And it's different than running in any other sport. Doping works better in cycling than any other sport. Yeah. It's... So that, that that we're under the microscope, amen, fine, great. You know, and if the UCI has to change and some of those guys lose their jobs and there's a restructuring, that's great too. You have more of a realistic perspective on this, and I, first of all, I appreciate that because it's, you know, for somebody like me who, you know, raced to my level but was not at, at obviously, at the level you were at, and to, to be able to hear yeah, that's how it is, and that's how we're going to be. And until we clean it up, I like I like the way you you come about you approach it. I mean, that's good. Well, I don't think you can be anything but. I mean, you can be 
religious, so to speak, about it. Yeah. Oh, they'll suck, you know. And <laughs> those people that, that are saying that, they're at home and they're not using a 286 computer. And, <laughs> and they're not, they don't have a landline. They have a fucking Apple iPhone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and their business, they're using every advantage they can. You know, and their lifestyle, you know, I mean, that's how life is. So when the cyclist ends up doing that, because that's a big part of their culture, you know, it's obviously hard for someone that's not in it to understand. I'm not saying that it's right, and I I think it needs to be changed, but um, that's the way the sport has always been. And for, for us to try to change it, you know, at this point in history is really miraculous. It's gonna. It's gonna take a while. Well, it's already changed a huge amount. Yeah. It has. The races have slowed way down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know the races have slowed way down, and and um, and they're they're a lot cleaner. I mean, I know they're a lot cleaner than they used to. Just the, you know the the level of sophistication that you have to have to beat all the testing now is pretty high. Yeah. Do you do you think there should be an asterisk next to Lance's victories or anybody who's who's admitted to its victories, or do you think we should just call it good and 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 move on? That's not my decision. Yeah, you know that's not my decision. I don't know uh, how you would deal with that. You know, at least have an asterisk when someone went up and broke uh, Babe Ruth's record. There yeah. was an asterisk because the season was longer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then they changed it back and took it away after the guy died, you know, um, who was that guy that did that? I, I can't remember. But, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't erase those victories, really. And um, and you're not going to erase what Lance did for the sport. And you're not going to erase his popularity among um, people in general. Um, and, you know, if he isn't a nice guy, who cares? Okay. That's you know, all. I mean, yeah. it, 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 he could still do a lot for the sport, and I think that we need to look at it from that viewpoint. What do you want to be known for in your career? What What are your What do you want to walk away from this and saying this was what I was about? You know, I don't know. I was an honest guy. I don't know what I. I, I don't. I'm, I'm 25 years past the end of my career. I, I that people still remember I had one that's awesome. <laughs> hey man, I was rooting for you a couple of years ago when you were going I mean, for I that. Think, I think people, you know, in terms of my actual level of accomplishment, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys better than me. You know, there's a lot of guys that did more. I just happened to win one race that made me famous. <laughs> it was more than one and race. Really, that's the, that's the truth. You know, if I hadn't won the Olympics, you wouldn't be calling me up. Bull crap. Bullshit. I, oh, dude, bullshit. No, no I followed you all the way through Coors Classics and everything know. like that. No, I saw I'm, you I'm walk. I'm happy to be remembered. I had a great time in the sport, <clears throat> although I, I'm not sure I would do it again. Really? But, um, yeah, you know, I, I probably figured out that I was only going to go so far and no further and, and pick something else that, yeah. you know, that I had a, a better chance of, you know, really being world-class in. But um, I hope I get – I'd like to get back in the sport. You do? Okay. I'd like to be, you know, other than riding my bike and let, with my son and dad, I, I would love to be back in the sport. At, at what capacity? What do you want to do? Uh – I'd like to work with people. I'd like to maybe work with juniors. Uh, someday I'd like to work with a pro team. I, I have a pretty good understanding of what it takes to go fast, and I think I'd, I'd be good. 
I'd be good in a spot where a lot of guys might be losing their jobs right now, like Reese and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that. That'd be fun to do. I uh, take a probably to the tour, you know, five or ten years from now. I'd, I'd enjoy that. Well, you well, you had a pretty long relationship with Len Pettyjohn. Did does that? Do you kind of have model yourself after him in terms of what a coach would be, or would you change it to make it? Um, I, I learned a lot of things from a lot of people, and I learned a lot of things from Lynn, and, and there are a lot of things that uh, how Lynn was. I'd probably be similar, but you know, I'm a very different person than Lynn, and, and yeah. I'd I'd probably have uh, you know some different approaches, but I'm sure there are a lot of components of how he was that that I would similar to okay okay but you know i probably have some components from peter post <laughs> it was syringe free though right <laughs> right you know, they, you know uh yeah syringe free but peter <laughs> post was a damn good director sportif yeah the syringe wasn't the reason that he was that panasonic raleigh was winning all the team time trials in the tour de france oh you know? yeah there were some g- amazing more to it than that. and he was really great at what he did you know and um, and he was pretty old school, and I'd probably be relatively old school in a lot of, in terms of this is a hard sport, and you know, don't come whining to me if your life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any specific riders from your your time that you truly respected, or 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 honestly, you know, you mentioned Miguel Indurain you know, being able to ride and compete against him. Any other riders like that that you truly? I mean, in, uh, but there were lots of guys that I really. I mean, Indurain was just incredible person and personality, and and uh, and so was Lamond, really an incredible rider um, in his time, you know. And Hino was really incredible. Davis, I have a huge amount of respect and you know, even, I guess, affection for Davis and Ron Keefel, and you know, there was. There's not really, and then I have a lot of respect for guys that no one knows, like Don Spence and Randy Wicker, <laughs> you know, and those are guys that are were the local guys that you know I got to beat up every weekend, <laughs> you, you know, that that were journeyman guys who were working full time jobs and still going out there and racing cat ones and twos races yeah. for years. Don Spence raced for 26 years, and um, I, you know anyone that had the balls to get out there and do the sport, you know, um, in the end, I, I have a lot of respect for obviously the, the really big champions, you know, there's a certain, uh, you know, I'm not as friendly with those kind of guys, but yeah. there were a lot of guys that did the sport and, um, that I raced with. And I think I probably respect them all the same. I, I like some of them more than others. And, how, how about they today? They're all pretty incredible people. How about today? Riders that that you see or you experience with today, uh, riders that you think are yeah, I don't George know those terms. Yeah. really had a remarkable career, and and that's pretty cool. Um, there's some young guys coming up, you know, Taylor Finney and and um, and Gondorarden. I think that's the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. there Levi Leifheimer. I mean, these guys are all really good. There's a lot of good riders. I'm impressed. With all of them. <laughs> what was the best team, that, in your opinion, in your career that you rode for and why? Uh, the best team that I ever rode for? Yeah. Um, Just as far as a chemistry in terms of... I don't know. 
you don't know. Okay, you, I mean, Aspen Dia Comp. You you had your time with Seven Eleven. You had your time with uh, uh, Coors Light. All those all those squads, and there wasn't one that kind of stood out more or anything like that. Panasonic, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. They all I had really kind of high. There were some good moments. You know, I mean, the, um, you know, in all of the teams that I wrote for, there were some really good moments, and there were some really bad moments too. So, <laughs> you know, um, Lynn's teams were really good, um, but you know. You know, the teams are some days you're a team and some days you're not. Yeah. So. Okay. No, that's that's good. Now, now, I mean, you know, before I wrap up, you had your your you know, it was pretty publicized your your comeback that you were going to do. You were you were focusing towards Quiznos and 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 doing that the U.S. Pro Cycling Challenge and things like that. And um, I thought that was awesome. By the way, I'm not kissing up. I thought that was pretty cool that you were you were making that attempt to come back to that. You're obviously still riding. Is there what what's what's next in store for you, man? Um. Well, I'm, you know, I'm working a lot and have a lot of work right now. So I, I rode a bunch this summer and I tried to ride, train and work. And, it, you know, it was 105 degrees and I was working 10 hour day outside. Oh, man. <laughs> it didn't work. You know, I mean, I got <laughs> too tired. So yeah. right now I'm not riding very much, a couple times a week and I, um, very short rides. And like I said, if I'd like to get back into cycling, but I'm, you know, I'm too old to be an elite athlete. And in one sense, I don't really want to ride against the, you know, the 40-year-old guys that much, you know. So we'll see. I don't know what's coming up in cycling. I'd like there to be something, but, you know, right now I have to focus on my work. And it's, you know, it's it's hard and long hours. Yeah. I can't really, you know the next few months all i need to do is work and, and i'll have december to think about it and if someone go. gives me a call and says i'd like you to get involved with something that that looks good i'll do it well there you go i mean and i think uh, personally just your perspective on the sport and your pers- your kind of real realistic take upon things i think it'd be great to have somebody like you you know dealing with uh, kind of a junior program where kids understand that these things are going to happen this is going to be approached where you know the sport is the way it is it's a hard sport, and I think that's you know another thing. You know, you got to yeah, understand. Yeah, I mean, by the time the juniors get in the sport now, you know, three, four years from now, like I said, Armstrong, you know, Armstrong's shadow will fade quickly. Yeah, he'll be out of cycle. You know, he'll be out, and, and the issues that we're facing today won't be the same ones we face tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, the doping thing will it'll recede, and it won't be the lead story in cycling when Lance is when this thing with Lance is over, it's not going to be what it used to be. This is, I think really the, the end and the change of the era is that, Hey, the guy that won seven Christopher Francis, even though he was only, you know, beating the system, beating Europeans at their own game, it, it doesn't count now. And it'll change everything. I guarantee you. You know, and um, and that's good. I agree. I agree. I'm hoping so, man. It's good. You know, it's going to change the perspective on the sport, and it's going to change. Um, you know, who knows? I think it'll keep going on because they're going to keep digging up guys and giving them suspensions and offering them amnesty, and it'll be another year or two or three where it kind of continues to go. But 
you know, hey, they just took the guy who won seven tours and they threw them all out. Yeah. That would change the sport. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, it, I mean, so gonna, you can erase your name from the record, yeah. record books now. Kids will look at that and go, hey, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, and I mean, just that happening, you know, in that happening to Lance will change the sport of cycling more than anything else in history because he's so visible yeah yeah so you know people can get pissed off at him he did more for the sport than anything else and his failing will do more than all his victories put together wow okay God, that okay. Set your clocks now because I think that that'd be cool to see. You know, I I don't mean it in a positive or a negative light, but it'd be cool to see some, you know, something come out of this in the long run rather than just more more negative press. The press isn't negative though, you know. You don't think so? <laughs> All well, press is good. Yeah. Okay. And, so no you know, publicity is bad publicity. Any time you know that there's things are exposed. And it's open. It's good, you know. I mean, it's just what replaces it is going to be important. And like I said, I hope Lance is, you know, doesn't become bitter and, and leave the sport forever. He still can do a lot for it. I agree, yeah. yeah. He's the deposed king or not, you know, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, I'm telling you, Ulrich and all the rest of the guys were not, you know, Lance's, Lance's doping program wasn't – that more sophisticated than theirs. No. You know, the difference of winning the Tour de France wasn't because Lance had better dope. Yeah. <laughs> it was because of him. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ulrich has a lifetime suspension, too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Pretty much, you know. The German Federation won't let him ride any races. Yeah. And all the rest of the guys that were in that first four or five, they were in the same boat. Yeah. They had about the same level of backing. And it was just about as sophisticated. So, you know, Lance, I think, would have probably won those races anyway. But, um, like I said, he won it the way he had to win it. And I don't hold it against him. If I was Lance Armstrong, I would have done exactly the same damn thing. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't Lance Armstrong, so I don't have that burden to bear. And who else, who, who in the world would you want to bear it? I'm glad he's bearing it and not me. <laughs> perfect well i promised you i wouldn't keep you too long man um i i first of all i gotta thank you for being a part of this uh this show you know you and i've been talking a little bit back and forth about about coming on the show and trying to make it work for a while now and um i i appreciate your insight man thanks thanks very much you're welcome man you know just uh, thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun absolutely lexi graywall thanks man 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.